This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. If you have your Bible today, I want you to turn to Galatians chapter 5. If you don't have a Bible, you're going to see it in a moment, just a little while on the screen behind me. Um, But today I want to encourage, this is my second time preaching in this year. Someone just said to me, welcome, are you a guest speaker today? I'm like, I am a guest speaker. Uh, somebody, I'm not going to ask you how many enjoyed the break, but uh, I feel like I'm. A, I feel like I'm. It's good to be back uh, preaching. But we're glad you're here today, and um, we're starting, getting ready to start March. I can't believe that. And again, praying for all the snow to go to Moncton and the Miramichi in Jesus' name. And uh, we'll take your people. You can have the snow, Miramichi, Moncton, No Funswick, uh, and. Uh, if you're from New Brunswick, I'm sorry if you're offended, um, but enjoy the tropics. That is Halifax today. I, uh, I love new inventions. I love new inventions. I just love technology. I love when things... I, like, I see these shows of people that grew up in, like, in, like, in the 1800s, 1900s, and I think I, I wouldn't make it. I wouldn't make it. I, I don't do good outside. I went outside yesterday, and I slipped and fell on the ice and cracked my head, and Wife, I was unco- half unconscious, and my wife thought I was playing with the dog, and she sent the dog over to lick my face, and I, I don't do well outside. I'm an indoors guy. You, you can't wear skinny jeans and live outside. It doesn't work. Uh, I would not last long. And I see these shows where they have no power and no running water and no internet. I'm like, wow, I don't even know. And um, I like technology. Years ago, uh, I spent a season of my life, I lived in, in Africa working with um, World Vision and the Peace Corps and, and, and teaching and doing things. And then there was one month we actually lived in a tent uh, in a place uh, near the Masai Mara, uh, a place called Olepolos, which means between two rivers in this, these plains of Africa. And we lived there for a month. And I remember I was unprepared for this trip. I took a sleeping bag. Now, don't, please don't judge me for this. I took a sleeping bag that was good for minus 30. To Africa. I know, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. And I was sweating in this sleeping bag, but I didn't take any air mattresses. And I'm sleeping on the, on the ground in this tent for a month. And it was during that time I came up with an invention. I like solving problems. And in that, I thought, what if someone could take an air mattress and turn it into a tent? So the bottom of the tent, you could do this little valve, and it would self-inflate. This is, apparently it exists now, but it didn't exist then. And on my back, when my kidneys were hurting, in the middle of the night, in between two rivers in the middle of Kenya, I invented, I even got a name for it. It's called intense camping. <laughs> Don't boo that. I haven't been up here for a while. But seriously, I, I, I thought, how cool would that be? And I never took it any further, but I thought someone should invent that. I like inventing things. I love my smartphone. I love my, some people like this, I love my smartphone. And uh, I remember the day, I'm that age, I remember that you used to have to carry around a thing called a daytimer. For those that are younger, daytimers were these calendars we used to have and then turned into palm pilots. And, but you used to put your calendar, anybody remember, the, some of you still carry your daytimer. I know who you are, right? But you had a calendar you carried, remember this? And then you carried a phone, it usually flipped up, remember those? Come on, you were cool if you had a Razor phone. You flipped that thing up. You also carried a camera. And if you were really good, you had a digital camera. I remember when you had to develop film. Anybody remember this? I had a photographic memory. It's just not developed yet. And uh, Okay. All right. This seems to be the friendly people over here. Um, but I remember you'd have a digital camera, right? Like if you're going on vacation, if you're going to the beach, you're going to do something with family. You had a digital camera. We had digital cameras. and You had, you had a calendar. You had a day timer. And you had a phone. And then... If you had to have a laptop, laptops were amazing, and dial-up. Anyone remember dial-up? Some, I've lost half of you in this room. I'm, t- I'm preaching to the old people today, myself. Remember? 
AOL, free trial, dial up. And then someone, Steve Jobs invented the iPhone. And he's like, forget carrying laptops and calendars and maps. Remember maps? You ever try to fold a map back together? Do you remember those days? Impossible. You could un never. You had to carry all these things. And now this one device, it is your phone. It is your laptop. It is a compass. It is a dictionary. It's an encyclopedia. It's your day timer. It is everything you need. I love inventions. Another invention I've learned to love over the years of traveling are moving sidewalks in airports. Have you seen these things? Like, we need to live in a climate where we can put these everywhere, right? Like, like I'm okay. Like, I know they're called at the gym. They're called treadmills, right? But in airports, these change your life. I remember, sorry, we were in London last month. We were in London, England, and we were going through Heathrow Airport. We've been flying all day, and in Montreal, Toronto, we're traveling, and we get there, and we got a long week ahead of us. And all, all of a sudden, I'm like, man, there's this long stretch in Heathrow Airport. And there's this moving sidewalk. And I get on there and I say, thank God whoever invented moving sidewalks. Love those things. And there's always those people that make a point of not using them. Have you seen these people? What do we call them? Um, in shape. That's what we call them, right? <laughs> but you know these people, right? They have their luggage and they're like, this, they're like, they're too good for the moving sidewalk. And they walk as fast as they can. And I like to race them on the moving sidewalk. <laughs> I like to do it backwards too. I'm like, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? That's kind of, you know. And I'm moonwalking past them, right? Once in a while, I'll start jogging kind of ahead of them. Uh, but these people, you see them, and they start off all determined. Just, I'm just gonna, I don't need the moving sidewalk. I can do it myself. I don't need this. I'm in shape. I have places to go. I'm busy. And after about three minutes, you start seeing them. They start to lose their fuel. They start to lose their energy. And I'm just kind of moonwalking past them. I'm, I'm sipping a latte. I have my rollerboard. And this keeps going. In, in Heathrow, went for miles, it seemed. I like getting to the gate and they show up exhausted. I like to get there looking like I've been there for a half hour. I, I get a book out, I got a coffee, I look well rested, and they show up tired and I'm rested. I love doing that. These people in airports, I just, I laugh at them, right? You know, I've realized in, in, in our faith, uh, it's actually, I see it all the time, that there's things that God has given us to take advantage of to help us on this journey, moving from where we are to where we need to go, and people don't use what God's given us. In airports, I'm thinking, like, I see people that still have the camera. Like, not the professional cameras, like, you know, like the, remember the digital, remember the disposable cameras? Remember those things? People pull out a calendar, and I'm not judging you, but I'm like, you're going to have to write that down. You have to carry that everywhere. People have all, I'm thinking, you know, there's things that can help you with this, Right? I got a snowblower a couple years ago. My God, changed my life. I'm going to send it to Moncton. They need it more than we do. But I just, I, I sometimes I wonder why we make it so hard on ourselves. In our faith, we're on a journey. I don't know if you're aware of this today, but I want to remind you that we're on a journey. Today, if you're taking notes, I want to write down this title. Just, and it's going to be really deep and powerful, Moving Sidewalks. I want to talk to you about your faith today and what God's given us to help us on this journey that we're on. Do you know you're on a journey today if you walked in here, whether you, this is your first time coming to church or you call this your church, that you're actually on a journey of faith that God is calling you by name? You may have not thought about God, but he thinks about you. You may not know God, but he knows you. It's not a mistake that you're here today. Someone invited you. You saw it on Instagram or Facebook. Maybe you saw the flags outside. Maybe someone's been asking you and picked you up and brought you. But no matter why you're here today or how you got here, it's not a mistake. God is drawing you. God has a plan for your life, and you're on this journey. And as, as individuals, we are on a journey of divine purpose. Each of us are walking out our faith journey. And this is what our journey is. If you want to know what our journey is, in your seat, in your seat, in my seat, is to become more like God.
That's why we call ourselves Christians. That word just simply means little Christ. It means that we want to act like Jesus, love like Jesus, forgive like Jesus, help people like Jesus, be close to God like Jesus was. And our goal is not to get a better seat in church. It's, it's not to get uh, uh, more room for our talents on a stage. It's not to uh, put a, a check mark next to our attendance. It's actually to grow from where we were to where God wants us to be, which is more like him. I honestly believe that if more people were more like Jesus, our city would be in a better place. Our country or being in a better place. Issues like sex trafficking and racism and issues of poverty and issues of pain and all these things are, 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 I believe, are challenged at the foot of the cross. If we became more like Jesus, I know I become a better husband, better father, better man, better citizen, better person. Why? Because when you live like Jesus, you leave every room better than when you found it. That's our goal, is to become more like Jesus. That's the goal. If you're wondering what your goal is today, Everything we do is for that reason, become more like God. He made us. Who best know how for us to live, how for us to form, how for us to grow than the God that made us? He is our creator. And I know when I'm far from God, left to myself, my heart is wicked and evil. I get myself in trouble with what I say, what I do, what I think. But the closer I am to God, the more I'm like what I was supposed to be. There's something about being in God's presence. I feel peace. I feel joy. I feel power, I feel purpose. There's a purpose on your life today. You're not here by accident. You're not just here because your parents had kids. You're not just here because by there's a reason why you're here. You're here on purpose, with purpose. You know what else? Our church has a purpose. Our purpose, and you, you, you hear us say this all the time, but our church has a reason why we are here. Not because we, we thought no other church can do it as good as us, so let's start a church. Not because um, we just thought, you know what, we want to do it our own style. That's not why. Like all the other churches, many other churches in our city, we believe we're called together with other churches to reach the city. We need more churches that love Jesus, want to become like him. But our purpose as a church is to help those that are far from God become close to God. That's our reason. To help those that are far from God, that's why we exist, to help them come close to God. That's it. That's it. That's why we do worship the way we do it. That's why we have kids ministry. Not because we're babysitting kids, but we want to speak in their language, in, in, in their attention span, in their style, to help them in their lives go from where they are to grow up knowing God has a plan for their life, that they can know God, that God wants to use them to do amazing things, that he wants to help them. That's why we have youth retreats and youth conferences. That's why we have youth, youth, youth merch and we do things. Why? We're speaking the language of youth, not to be cool, not to just try to entice teenagers, that in the middle of their teenage years when they're fighting for their purity and their purpose and their life to know that, listen, you can be far from God, but you can become close to God. God has a plan for your life. You don't need to be 20 or 30 or 40 for God to speak to you. He can speak to you in your teenage years. That's what our goal is. That's why we do coffee. That's why we do next steps. That's why we set up and tear down. We're not here to make a name for ourselves, but to help people that are far from God become close to God. I want to give you a secret. Every message we preach on this stage is helping people go from far from God to close to God. That's what we do. I had someone say once, and i never forget this conversation. We were at a Starbucks, and they said, so now that you guys seem to have some people coming, and it's going pretty well, are you going to start preaching, Pastor, some deeper things? <laughs> Spitting his coffee, I did. Yes, I did. No, I didn't. I'm not allowed to swear as a pastor, so I said, bless you. That's what we say. That's, that's the Christian way of swearing right there. Bless your heart. Bless you. <laughs> have you thought about moving to Moncton? You know, I, I don't. I don't just... Here's what I've realized. I know what they were saying. I know what they were saying. 
Here's what I've realized. I, I was just recently away, and a man said this, and I thought, that's so good. He says, you want to know the deeper things? We say this in church. You know someone's been in church for a while. They say, where's the meat? Worldly people, normal people don't talk that way. Where's the meat, right? Where's the beef? Where's the meat? That's church people talk. It means I've been around church for a while, and I'm hoping for a message on something else. You know what I've realized? This man said this. He said, the meat is on the street. I like street meat in New York. I like street meat. What he meant was the, street, the meat is on the street, meaning you want to know what the deeper things of God is? You know where the, where, the, where the powerful things is? You want to know where the things that matter really is in the kingdom of God? Helping people on the street, helping people in life that are, you know, are single moms and mom and dads and people working in corporate America and people struggling on the back alleys and teachers and nurses and people and every, that are going through life that are far from God. And if you can tell them that there's a God that made them and loves them, has a plan for their life, if you can help them experience the goodness of God, help them walk through that journey of knowing that God has a plan for their life and he can help them and see them grow to become more like God. You won't find anything deeper in the kingdom of God than that. The meat is on the street. That is the meat. That is the meat. And our church's passion is to help people far from God become close to God. That's what our mission is here. People know that there are many places God wants to take them, but here's the thing. Individually and as a church, sometimes we try to make it hard on ourselves by doing it on our own strength. Like these people in airports refusing to get the power and the help they need. People walk in, we're guilty of this. They walk into church, listen to me preach or others on our team preach. And if, if, we don't, if we're not aware, if we're not careful, they'll walk out going, man, i got to change the way I live. Man, I don't know if I can keep up with that. Like, like, like purity matters. Man, like my attitude matters, the way I live, who I'm with, what I say. Like that matters. Man, like God has a plan and he wants me to live. And this Bible is not a, a rule book. It's a manual of the best way to live your life. And it's hard to read this. It's hard to understand this. And if we're not careful, people leave here exhausted. And just like in an airport, best case, they make it to the end exhausted. Going, man, I just, I just, I just made it here. Man, I'm just... Oh, I've been hustling for years trying to get to this place where I feel like I'm, I, I can change my life. I can change my family. I can change my path. Oh, I'm exhausted. Best case, they make it exhausted. Worst case, they stop and just give up. You ever see people in an airport, they're running for their gate, and then they announce, you know, you missed your final call, and they just stop. They put their bags down, and they just sit there like, you know. I, I, I laugh at those people, but I've been those people. And they just say, I'm not going to make it. I miss my journey. Been around church enough. People come here, come to churches all over, and they come for a while going, that's it, best year yet. It's got, new year, new me, I'm going to do this. And then they get a couple weeks in and go, man, it's hard to get up on Sunday mornings. <laughs> it, it, it's hard to give God your, your life and follow him. I raised my hand in church on the count of three, and that was the easy part. It's kind of hard to follow. It's hard when I fight with my spouse and to actually care that we need to get along. It's hard to raise kids. It's hard to deal with my addictions and my personality and my issues and my attitude. It's hard. And people walk in and they're like, I I'm here. I'm here, but man, I'm exhausted. And somehow we expect people to just kind of make it on their own. I want to encourage you to tell you, God made a way. He's a way maker and there's power. Galatians 5.20, I'm going to read it from the message version. I love this version. Let me read this to you. Talk about the power of God on the journey you're on today. In the next few minutes, a lot of it to me. I'm going to encourage you today. This week, the moving sidewalk of God. God has a plan for you, but he also has power for you to get there. I'm going to read a few verses. Let me start in verse 19 of Galatians 5. You'll see it on the screen behind me. It says, 
It is obvious what kind of life develops. Read this along. This is so good. Watch this. It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Another way of saying that is trying to do it yourself. Do it in your own power, your own strength. Repetitive, repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. Stop right there. Some of you were just drifting off. I just got your attention right there, didn't I? <laughs> the Bible's not boring. Some of you are like, what? That's the Bible. Some of you think the Bible is he, thou, hither, is that. No, no, no. The Bible's good. The Bible will change your life. The Bible will change your life. Repetitive, loveless. You see that there? Cheap sex. It says a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Oh, man. Man, sometimes I've got baggage in my life. You got baggage, we got baggage sometimes. The way we think and what people say, and we carry conversations and mental and emotional garbage, frenzied at joyless grabs of happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, afraid of dying of aloneness, but paranoid to reach out to anybody, paranoid alone, loneliness, cutthroat competition, all consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper. And an impotence to, be, to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives. Small-minded and lopsided pursuits. The vicious habit of depersonalizing any, everyone into a rival. Uncontrolled addictions, ugly parodies of community. Ugly parodies of community. I could go on. This isn't the first time I've warned you. You know, if you use your freedom this way, you'll not inherit God's kingdom. But verse 22 and 23, watch this. It says, but what happens when we live God's way? Or what happens if we use God's power? What if we let God get involved in this journey? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life. We make no apology about being excited about life. Someone wrote a blog about us recently. Don't ask me. If I'm in a bad mood, I'll tell you who it was. But someone wrote a blog about us. They're just too happy. They're just, their logo's everywhere. People are excited to go to church. They put stickers on their car with the Nova logo on it. Can I encourage you? We're, we make no apologies for being excited to come to church, to be a part of what God's doing, helping people far from God come to God. I'm excited about that. Exuberance of life. Life is not easy, but it is worth it in God's way. Serenity, we all, we need peace, don't we? Serenity now, we need some peace. To quote the poet Seinfeld, serenity now, we need some peace. We need some peace in our life. We're fighting for peace, we're dying for peace. We develop a willingness to stick with things. Oh, past that resolution, past that willpower, beyond that. Lasts longer than January, February, March. There's more to it than that. Stick with things. A sense of compassion in the heart. A conviction of basic holiness permeates things and people. Basic holiness. There's right and wrong, people. Doesn't matter what culture says. Doesn't matter what they change, laws they change. Listen, our, our, our holiness is not based on the culture around me. It's based on the God within me. There is basic holiness. And sometimes I'm so far off, but God wants to help me. A conviction of basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Legalism is helpless, or religion, or rules, or just showing up to a place over and over in bringing this about. It's helpless. It only gets in the way. Among those who belong to Christ, everything connected with getting in our own way and mindlessly responding to what everyone else calls necessities is killed off for good. It's crucified. Since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit. Let us do, make, make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts. 
Sometimes it's so easy for it to stay in my head. I know things. I know what to say. I know what the Bible says. I know the right song to sing. I know the right thing to say when someone's asked me something. Or sometimes it's just in my heart. It has to move beyond there. But work out its implications into every detail of our lives. My friend, I want to encourage you today. Time's getting away from me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go through this best I can. But you need to know this is the truth. This is the rest of the story. This is the take home right now that God has us on a journey as a church and as individual lives. And to do it on our own is exhausting and impossible. God made a way. It says life by his spirit. God had the plan. Jesus was the plan. And his Holy Spirit is power to follow the plan. For every mission God calls us to, he provides power to do it. And some of you are exhausted trying not to watch that thing or say that thing or do that thing. Some of you are exhausted trying to live this life. And I want to tell you, it's not, it's, it's not hard to live this word of God. Without God, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is that same spirit that helps me shut off the TV, helps me talk to my family, helps me reach across divide, helps me love the loveless, helps me reach the unreachable, helps me be Jesus with skin on. Why? Because God makes power when he calls you to mission. It's what he does. When God calls us to mission, he gives us power for it. Luke 24, 47 to 49. Let me read this. It says this, it says, It was written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations. It's talking to us, we're disciples. That we would share the goodness of God. Beginning in Jerusalem, which is where you live. And there is forgiveness for sins for all who repent. That's the Bible's way of saying, you're far from God, you can be close to God. There's forgiveness of sin. Sin separated you, it distanced you. You feel far from God. There's forgiveness of sin. God can make you close. You are witnesses to these things. Verse 49. Now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised, but stay here in the city until he comes and fills you with power from heaven. Let me break this down. Watch this. The mission. It was written that this message we proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations. That means wherever you go, wherever we go, in every boardroom, classroom, bedroom, every cafe, everywhere we go, that we would be examples that you are far from God, but you become close to God. That's forgiveness of sin. That You may be alone. You may feel like your life is dark, but you may be born that way, but you don't need to live that way. That there is a hope in the name of Jesus Christ. That is the mission. But then there's power. And I'll send the Holy Spirit. He'll come and give you power. Whenever God calls you to mission, there is a power for us. We'll jump down to Mark 16, 15. Mark 16, 15 to 20. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. And the disciples went everywhere and preached. And the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said, many miracles, miraculous signs. Put this up, Jeremy, about mission and power. The mission, he told them, go into all the world and preach the gospel. The power. And the disciples went everywhere and preached. And the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said with many miraculous signs. Meaning, it's not just talk. It's show and tell. Show and tell. Favorite part of school growing up. Show and tell. You know what? We're not just here to talk about it. We want to show it. That God is able and good. I am here today because God showed up and forgave me for my sin. Working through my life. You are here today as proof that God does things. He told it and you show it. Show and tell. There's every mission, there's power of God. Acts 1.8. Put that on the screen, Jeremy. Acts 1.8. Famous passage in scripture. Says it this way. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. Look at this. It shows with power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. The mission, you'll be my witnesses. People say, how do I share about Jesus? Just tell people what he did in your life. If God hasn't done anything in your life, keep coming. He will. God's done so much in my life. 
You get around me, I'll talk about the Leafs and, and how they lost to a Zamboni driver last night. I'll tell you that. I'll talk about the weather in Moncton, how we keep praying that God blesses them with precipitation. But eventually I gotta get around to what God's doing in my kids and my marriage and my life, what God's doing in our church. Why? I, what I've witnessed, I have to tell. For every power, for every mission, there is a power. The Holy Spirit empowers us. What does it mean? What does the Holy Spirit life empowers us? What does it look like? Let me show you this. What does it look like if your life's empowered? You experience God's love. Some of you need to experience God's love. Some of you have a, have a hard time experiencing God's love. You don't, know who I, you don't know who I am, where I've been. When you have the Holy Spirit, God's power, that moving sidewalk to get you from where you are to where he wants you to be, we gotta do our part, but God steps in and you're able to experience God's love. You know your new identity. New identity. New identity. The Bible says it in Romans 8, 15 and 16. God touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is and we know we are who we are. Father and children. And we know we are going to get what's coming to us. Not a beaten. It says an unbelievable inheritance. Do you know who you are today? Some of you are like, no, I'm a sinner. I'm far from God. No, 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 no. You need to have an identity check. Someone stole your identity. Identity theft. You need to understand who you are. You're not, a, you're not far from God. You're close to God. When God comes in your life in his Holy Spirit, you actually understand your no identity. Overcome sin. Resist temptation. You can live right. Yes, you can. Oh, you're not perfect, but God wants to help you today. Share God's love with others. Have courage. Oh, we need courage in our nation. We need courage in our churches. To stand up for the commitment of marriage, to, to, to love your spouses, to believe in your kids, teenagers, to get through high school, not just get through, but overcome and be leaders, have courage to do the right thing, say the right thing, be loyal to people, to stand by and do what we need to do to reach our city, have courage to grow in godly character. Persevere. We need that, don't we? People start things. We don't finish things. It's so easy for me to start things. But God's presence helps me persevere. Have peace in the midst of chaos. If there's something I could... We, we want as a culture, it's peace. People are dying for peace, aren't they? Today, we can have peace when you have his spirit overcome. Signs I'm not leaning on God's power. Let me show you this. Signs you're not leaning on God's power. Lack of joy. Sometimes I deal with that. Do you deal with that? Sometimes on Mondays when I'm shoveling, come on, somebody. Some days I'm just like, I don't know. That face is in my mind or that conversation or that conflict or that bill or that issue. And sometimes it's even more serious than that. The lack of joy, lack of power. Feel like I can't get out of my own way. Feel like I can't keep to my word. Feel like I just can't do anything right. Lack of courage. I'm fearful what people are going to say, what they're not going to say. What, fearful that I might fail or lack of peace. That's what life looks like without the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you today. If you're on this journey, if you're new here, that God's a plan for your life, if this is your church, listen, we, we shouldn't be living a life of exhaustion. We should be living a life of exuberance. I'll be honest, I'm on this journey. I love God. I believe in God. I'm thankful that he had a plan. Jesus, I follow you with my life. But sometimes I don't know if I jump on that moving sidewalk, the power of God, go, Mike, you don't have to do this on your own. You're exhausted. But you don't understand. I know how to do this. I grew up in church. I know the right verses. I know the right stories. I have a Carmen CD back home. If you got that, you're a church folk. I grew up. I, I know I can do this. No, no, no. I don't need. I, I can do this. I'm good at this. I've done it for a long time. I, I'm, I'm a fast walker. And sometimes I'm exhausted. Man, just get another message. Another phone call. Another coffee. Try to live right. Think right. Be right. Be a better husband. Be a better dad. And some days I'm just like, I don't know if I can keep this up. 
Waymaker inspired me the first week, but by the third week, it's a little dull. Man, it get kind of, just get, get, oh man, I need a new song. Alex, find me a song. I need a new song. Whew, I'm exhausted. Or worse, some of us don't make it. You've seen them next to you. They, they show up, they're exuberant. After a month or so, I don't see so-and-so around. I don't know, they're not, I don't think they're doing right. I believe there's a power available, the power of God to help us as the church. We're not just here to play church. We're here to go far from God, become close to God, and to find as many people as possible and go, I got good news today. God loves you so much that he said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. You're not coming to join a church. You're coming like God partner with your life. You may have messed up this week. God wants to forgive you, put you back on that sidewalk. Oh, come on, let's go. We got places to go. You may not be where you need to be, but you ain't going to miss your destination. We're not going to miss your gate. We got a plan for you, sir. We got a plan for you, man. Come on, get it. We need the power of God. You're tired today? You're frustrated today? You feel fearful today? Lack of peace, lack of courage, lack of joy? Could it be that we just need to jump on to what God's doing? Say, God, I need more of your power today. His spirit. Say, God, I need your presence today. Would you strengthen me? Would you help me today? All over this place, can we stand to our feet? We're going to sing this song today. I'm going to pray and we're going to sing. As we start even now, just dimming the lights for a moment. Before you, your mind goes into what's next, in this weekend and day, stop. Look up and say, God, I, I just need your power. Be convinced he's called you to mission today, personal mission. He's also called us to a corporate mission. Reach as many people as we can with the goodness of God. Today they're walking through far from God, but today they need to know they're close to God. If that's you all over this place, you say, Mike, I need more of God's presence. I need more of God's power. I know I'm on mission, but I need some power all over this place. Let's raise our hand as we sing this song. Come on, let's pray. God, I thank you for your power. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you want to give us strength, that you want to fill us with more than willpower, more than just education, more than just who we know, but divine power. Your mission needs power. God, your plan needs God's Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you come right now? Would you make a way where there seems to be no way? Would you fill us afresh? Would you give us more rest, more courage, more faith? In the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, church. You are unique, miracle.